Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, it's because your intro sucks. Please step out onto the curbside. Curbside Podcast, the podcast where we talk about cars and everything to do with cars. My name is Jeff. I drive a 2004 Honda S2000, and I am from Southern California. You're on Taiwanese American now. And Taiwanese American. There we go. What's up, everybody? My name is Parth. I drive a 2016 M3 living up in the Bay Area where it is hot as shit today. Is it hot down there? Yes. High hit 100 degrees today, and... I believe it hit 100 degrees up there. Too. Yeah, which is, that's not, that's not That normal. never happens, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so hot that me and Jeff were supposed to record this episode about eight hours ago, but we couldn't because <laughs> yeah. I can't sit in my room without AC today. Jeffrey can't sit in his room without AC. I, I'm downstairs again, as you can see, in the living room. If you're watching the podcast where we have a silent AC unit so I can actually sit here comfortably in peace and tell you about, talk to you about cars. Yeah, I have not been as considerate because I just realized the fan is still going in the background. <laughs> So, you might hear some, that would be me. Parth is pointing at his glass right now, saying it's beer time, everybody, because it's beer time, it's everybody. always beer time for Parth. We usually record these fucking episodes on a Thursday or Friday, usually <laughs> around this time, which is usually now beer time. We just happen to always record at beer time. I'm not an we alcoholic, we record at beer to. time. Okay, yes. alright. We recorded that one day at 8 o'clock, I said it was coffee time. Oh, true. There was one difference. At least he doesn't just drink in the mornings. Not an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Cars. We're here for cars. Yes. Anyways, I wanted to begin this week's episode uh, with an apology. I announced some fake news last week about the... Do you ever say anything that's true? uh, I did announce last week that the Murray T50 was completely sold out and cost $2.1 million. The article I read from car and driver i had to read it over a couple times i realized that those figures aren't for the murray t50 but the mclaren speed tail but uh actual figures from the videos i've watched of the t50 the whole reveal gordon murray himself said that before the car was actually revealed two-thirds of the cars have been pre-sold already before so you can buy one so you could buy one, and it doesn't cost $2.1 million. It costs 2.7-something million pounds. So close to Holy shit, that's like $3.5 million, dollars, <laughs> yeah. dude. So let's break this down for everybody. What Jeffrey's saying now, which he's fixing whatever he said last week, the car is available for you to purchase if you would like to purchase a, a T50 designed by the genius behind which is the McLaren F1. Only thing is, the bad news of this whole situation is it's actually more than what we had said initially. Yes. Quite a bit more. Yes. (laughs) 2.75 million pounds is Uh quite a bit more. (laughs) Yes. So, I don't know. So, this week, I've been looking up a lot of videos on this car. Uh, Like, interviews with Gordon Murray talking about the car. And the more videos I watch, the more I appreciate this car. It's a fantastic car. It's, it's great, and I've always respected that this car is not meant to be like a race car for the streets. It's not like a Ford GT, right? Gordon Murray had the vision 
that I am going to design the best driving experience, the best engineered road car ever. For 2.75 million pounds. Yes. And you know what the funny thing about that <laughs> price is, right? Uh-huh. He was talking about the things he didn't like about the McLaren F1. Uh-huh. And he always thought the McLaren F1 was a very usable, very good road car. Because that's what he designed it to be. So he had owned an F1 and he would take it everywhere, right? But he yeah. had decided to sell it because he couldn't anymore. Not because it wasn't usable on the street, but it was because he was like, the dang thing is too expensive like uh-huh. for the insurance on a $16 million car. Dude, you know, apparently with those cars, not just the insurance and all that, but there's a very select group of mechanics that work on the F1. Roden Trek did yeah. an article about this, like, uh, I think last year sometime. And one of the best ones, which is the one that most McLaren F1 drivers go to, is, mm. is in, in the UK. And people send their cars from wherever the hell they are in the world to yeah. that person so they can work. So that one guy, that one guy can work on their F1 for maintenance. Imagine, se- imagine sending your car on an airplane for an oil change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's insane. <laughs> And he said that he sold that car because it was too expensive to whatever, right? And he was like, this new car, the new owners are going to feel much more comfortable driving it because it Uh costs less. It costs less. I I got a problem here. I got got a little bit of a problem here. When the first McLaren F1 came out uh, Uh back in the old days, you know, what was it, 90-something, right? Yeah. How much was it? (laughs) I think I can bet, like, my left testicle. That it wasn't in the millions. No one wants that, Parth. You'll win that bet because no one's going <laughs> to take it. In 1994, when it came out, the car cost 540,000 pounds, which was equivalent to $800,000. In 1994, purchasing power for $800,000 uh-huh. is one million, about $1.4 million. And what's it now, like $20 million, Something like that? Yeah, $20 million. Yeah, this guy's perspective on money is a little bit different than ours. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he, you know, he's right. You would be more comfortable driving the, the T-50 A 2.75 million pound car than a $20 million car. Exactly. It costs okay. 10 times less. This is assuming that the price of the T-50 doesn't go up after it sells out. Uh, it'll <laughs> right? definitely go up. Gordon Murray's right, I guess, for the first few years. Until, you know, the car sells well, out. There's no he, more of them. He's right in the terms of current mclaren f1 prices and current t50 prices <laughs> i don't know gordon murray <laughs> yeah i don't know about I mean, them mats <laughs> people who've been striving to buy a mclaren f1 now they're like they don't need that you could buy it's a not, better car for less yeah i would buy that oh i would definitely buy that over a mclaren would, f1 <laughs> yeah totally and let, let me tell you the thing about this okay gordon murray is basically an engineer and designer with massive ocd Because here's one of the things about the T50, just to give you a taste, okay? In the McLaren F1, he wanted to make the perfect road car. So, he was like, it has to feel, in every aspect, fantastic. That means, even like the switch gear, like the AC controls, the window controls, and whatnot. It has to feel just right. Uh So everything on the F1 was pretty much bespoke, kind of. Not to the point that he wanted it, though. So this time, he wanted, he told his team, I want the switch gear 
on the T50 to feel like a high-end camera. The thing that bothered him on the original F1 was, you know, the, the switches moved a bit too much. Like, they kind of, like, rattled a bit, right? And he hated that. So this time, he went and he found a company that would make the switches for him from the ground up. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Gordon Murray's genius, but he sounds like he's fucking a little bit off the chain. <laughs> right. He, he, he was like, this... Oh, we need to tackle every single detail on it. I don't know the story behind how McLaren and Gordon Murray departed from each other. I'm guessing uh-huh. he retired. But I could understand if <laughs> McLaren was kind of like, hey, man, we're just kind of done making cars with you. You know? <laughs> I, I could kind of get that from a big company standpoint. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it, it's hilarious because the, there's all sorts of aspects of the car's design. That basically go into this vision he had. You know uh, that big fat on the back? Yeah. Why do you think you, the main reason why he put the big fat on the back? You said something about downforce. Yes. Yeah. He put the big fat on the back because in his eyes, a timeless design is one that's not too complicated. Like cuts and gills and whatnot, which I agree with. I Okay, and then he puts a fan on it. Which is funny. But the reason why he put the fan on it was to create the downforce that would have been created by cuts and gills and wings and whatever. I disagree with him on that point, and uh, let me tell you why. Ferrari does the same exact thing every single year. They come out with a car that has more aerodynamic performance in terms of downforce and reducing drag than the previous generation. But do you ever see like a fat spoiler on any of these Ferraris? No, never. It's always a part of the design. And yeah, I mean, it's got holes and stuff. It's got like holes I- and stuff, but, like, that. see, like, for example, if you take the Enzo, let's take the Enzo, right? Let's mm. not even take the LaFerrari, because the Enzo is now more than 10 years old. Take the Enzo, you park it somewhere, and you talk to somebody who doesn't know cars, because this is, everybody who knows cars will know, right? Oh, yeah. it's an Enzo, it's made in 2004, blah, blah, blah. You take that car, you put it where someone, you know, where regular-ass people will see it, I bet you people who don't know cars, 90 to 95% of them will think that's a brand new Ferrari. I could agree with that. Because Ferrari, I mean, how they, their design is timeless and it's incorporated into the fact that they don't Some use of their big design wings. is timeless. Most of them, not of the it. Mondial. You look at the Mondial, the 355, <laughs> the 328, I think. 348. The 348 358. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. look at those things, they look ancient. But the, let me let me interrupt you real quick on that yes. point. Those Ferraris, right? We're talking about Ferraris from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, now, in 2020, look outdated. Ten yeah. years ago, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good. But I'm saying, like, if you look at, in my opinion, if you look at the NSX, I feel like it's The new aged, one or the old one? The old one. The new okay. one, I don't know how that's going to age. I don't think it's going to age well. But yeah. the old one, I think, aged better than the Ferraris did just because of how simple the design was. It was a lot I, I simpler. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I get yeah. what he's trying to do, but at the same time, putting a massive fan on the thing. <laughs> yeah, the massive <laughs> fan kind of like, the arrow looks ugly. What's the fix? What's a fan. subtle fix? A big fan. <laughs> but also, apparently, the big fan, basically, because it provides, I think, it provides some, some amount of thrust when it's on. It's a Fucking genetic. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. It I love it. Sort of <laughs> so it basically pushes enough air also uh-huh. that as a result, it becomes basically a long tail. 
without the need for, for a long, long tail. tail. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that car, that car's tiny. Is it really? Right? To give you a perspective on how tiny this car is, it's 171.34 inches long. Right? Okay. Okay. Numbers. Yes. The newest Cayman, 172.4 inches long. Wait, what? It's shorter than a Porsche Cayman. No way, dude. Yeah. That's how small it is. Yo. Hold on, dude. <laughs> okay, I, I hang on, hang on, hang on. I, really? Yeah. Bro, I okay. I know Porsches have been getting big in the mm-hmm. last five years or so. They've been getting pretty big. GT3 is the size of almost like an Audi A4. So, yeah. But what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I heard that, I was like, no freaking way, dude. This is a hypercar. Let's forget supercar. This is yeah. a hypercar, which is usually the size of about a LaFerrari, a 918, a Aventador, uh, a P1. Big cars. Big, big cars. They're pretty big. Yeah. Like, even how sporty they are, but they're big cars. You're yeah. telling me this is fucking smaller than a Cayman. Yes. Oh. The man... <laughs> The man is on, he's always on a quest for small, light cars. His current car uh-huh. is the Al- Alpine, Alpine, P-Pine, the, the French Porsche four eyes looking car thing. He's a British guy driving a French car. Yeah, so this is his current car. Uh-huh. And the car that he had before was a smart uh-huh. roadster. Yo, this guy is... F- Yo, he's a fucking off the dude. He's off the wall, dude. <laughs> he's a smart this, road, sir. Designer of the McLaren F1 sells his McLaren F1 because it's too expensive and is currently driving some French car as a British guy, which is sacrilege. And on top of that, his past car was a smart car. And he says, okay, he says he does own two 4x4s, but they both weigh under 1,100 kilograms. What the fuck is that SUV, bro? <laughs> the what Suzuki Jimny. <laughs> you sure you want to buy a car from this man? <laughs> like, no, man. Like I, that sounds crazy, but that is gonna be the best driving car out there. Well, you know the thing with the whole like Apple, Steve Jobs thing. You know, it's the crazy ones that you know change yeah, the world and stuff. Exactly. This, this guy fits the bill. That's for sure. <laughs> I, shit. I I love it. Like I super appreciate. This sort of crazy attention to detail because it's making a car that basically no one else makes. Like nothing yeah. else is like it. I know Drive Tribe and I think Top Gear, they said probably the closest car would be the Aston Martin Valkyrie because what? of the high revving engine, because it's okay. lightweight. But Gordon Murray doesn't think so because that's basically a race car. This is a road car. Yeah, that probably has electronic gimmicks and all that stuff. It definitely doesn't come with a manual gearbox. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. car has a manual gearbox it's got 654 horsepower 12,200 rpm redline we talked about this last time it's an f1 engine yeah. basically old school f1 engine yes smaller than a cabin lighter than a miata and it has a fat fan on the back so you can has a, a thrust big, has a it, big fat fan on the back you know what else one of the things he, he did on the car too he was like dang i'm annoyed with the mclaren f1 because it's hard to get me luggage in to the McLaren F1. Who else cares? Who carries luggage in the McLaren F1? Okay. But he was like, nope, I do. So he changed it so you could just top load the luggage into it. No way. Yeah. It has these like 
basically kind of saddlebags that when okay. you open the, the the rear hood they open kind of like upwards uh like hinged in the middle and upwards uh-huh. there's two like bins that you could just take your suitcase and blunk them in bro the mclaren f1 mm. was one of the best driving one of the best cars of all time all time yes right no matter if this guy owned a fucking smart car and a French car as a British guy, I will, I will never get past that. Who better <laughs> to design the perfect road car than the man himself without restraint? He, this guy, yeah. he, this is, this is, how old is he? He's an older guy, right? I'm guessing 60s, yeah. 70s. So he's a man who's matured. He's a mature individual. Yes, he's matured. The T has to be pronounced because he's mature. He's not mature. Uh-huh. He's mature. Yeah. So he's lived his life. He's seen. He's done the. He's done the grinding. He's done the hard work. He's done the, the the basic shit from you know, getting somebody's coffee to designing the McLaren F1, which some consider the pinnacle of his career. But to him, he was like, "I want to do, what I want to do." Yeah. And he goes and makes his car, which in my mind, no matter how fucking crazy this motherfucker is, without even seeing this car, without even sitting in this car, without even driving this car, I can guarantee you, is the best car ever. Yes. Because nobody else will make a car with that much passion than the guy yeah. who has nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. He took the Blackheart F1 and was like, there's things wrong with it. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to that, make it better. That's, that's the car you make when you're like 40 years old or something, 45 years old. Where it's like, yeah. You're the important guy, but you're still not you know, old enough to have that experience or you know, tell McLaren, hey, you know, fuck you. I'm doing it my way, right? <laughs> So now he's at the age in life where he's like, fuck you, I'm doing it my way. It's called the Gordon Murray 250. You, just, just by that fact alone, people listening, if you don't believe this is going to be the best driving car ever, you're on some shit. You're yeah. probably like the, you're the guys that buy Teslas. But this will probably be the best driving car ever. Because we've talked about this, right? We've talked about how we're annoyed that everything's all about numbers and bigger 100%. this, bigger and that. I know, and you know, we know this. We were supposed to discuss a different topic right today. We were supposed to talk about the car that we would like, correct? Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie to you. What this guy Gordon Murray is doing with this car, with a six-speed manual gearbox, three, by, you know, three, three abreast seating with one in the center. Oh, oh, another uh, thing, another yeah. thing. Yes. I just have a bunch of things that I've learned about this car that I want to share because I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It has manual steering, except doesn't. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a thing uh-huh. on the steering thing. Okay. I don't know. That basically gives you power steering below a speed that he hasn't determined yet. He'll only find out once you start driving it so he can get the feel. Uh-huh. So when you're parking, you're driving slow, you're not, you know, getting an arm workout. But when speed picks up and steering gets lighter, mm-hmm. it just shuts off. No more. It's all manual steering. So it's like a hybrid. Yes. Okay. See? Because when do you want the electric assisted or hydraulically assisted steering wheel? At low speeds, right? Yes. When do you not want it? When you're driving fast and having fun and performance and all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this guy's fucking crazy, but he's a genius. He took the vision of the car he wanted. Yeah. And he made it happen. So, Jeffrey, I'll go back to this initial point that I was starting to make. Was we were supposed to discuss our idea of the ideal car. The car that we would want to make. In my opinion, Gordon Murray has made it for me. 
Yeah. Like, I, I would agree. Okay. Uh-huh. But for me, I saw this and I'm like, this car is awesome. Yes. Right? But it costs three point something million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Ooh>. so <laughs> it, it, in my head, okay, if I could, uh-huh. like, if I could, this would be a commercial disaster because no yeah. one would buy it. But I would make something, I would say, equivalent to basically but, what a modern-day S2000 would be. Mm. Small, light sports car with at, decent enough power, six-speed gearbox only. That's all you get. No options. No automatic. No crud like that. Yeah, go fuck yourself if you want an automatic. A nice, peppy, high-revving engine. It'd be a two-door roadster. We have like the we have the the T fifty, which is the V twelve, the monster, the thing that 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 you know. But the fun like the fun the, weekend version, the car every of that. the every man's car kind of. Yeah, the every man version of that yeah. car. It's all about driving, high revving engine, nothing else. That's all you See, need. I think that's where we differentiate because for me, best driving car of all time, one car. Even though I've never driven it. <laughs> F40. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's not something I expect to drive anytime soon. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's not not a car I expect to sit in anytime soon, right? Yeah. I live in the Bay Area, so thankfully I get to see one every once a year or something, maybe. Yeah. But that car, and for me personally, it has to have the same prestige. Kind of like, you know, like, oh, wow, like, look at that. Uh it, It has to have that rarity to it, right? Ah, so, so you're about the you're about the like I gotta look cool. I gotta exactly, I'm a little cool. bit like that. I'm, I'm a little bit about the flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not as humble as you are. You know, I'm a little bit about that flex. You know, <laughs> so if I'm driving some shit, that shit better look a little bit different than the the next guy over's car, right? Uh huh. So that's why for me, when if you ask me the question, the the car that you would make, you know, right? It's it's the yeah. T50. Yeah, it like here, here's is. the thing. What are the cars I would love to make? T50. Yeah. That's it. In terms of best car, I didn't even know it myself before, but there's yeah. the answer. Like that's the quest I've been on. Like what is the pro- There it is. But it's been made. <laughs> it's been made. Yeah. <laughs> it's been made. Well, so, let me tell you what my whole thing was about, you know, the car that I wanted to make. Yeah. And you're going to be like, "Ha ha ha." I'll tell you what. Manual gearbox, mm. mid-engine, mm. high revving, yeah, power, uh, performance, uh-huh. unique as shit. Now you tell uh, me, there it, there it <laughs> is, tell, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me, does that not sound like the T fifty to you? Yeah, dude. No, that that it definitely is the T fifty. Yeah. For me, if I were to make another car other than the T50, it would be basically the poor man's version of that. Yeah. Which would come in the form of a front engine, front mid-engine, two-seater, roadster, convertible. Yeah. Sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Why not make it rev to 12,000-something RPM? Let's give the designs of the T50 to Honda. Uh-huh. And let's see what they can do. Yes. <laughs> did you Did you know? Fun fact. Uh-huh. Uh, McLaren... When they were making the F1, the team, Gordon Murray uh-huh. and his team, uh-huh. they actually went to Honda first. For the engine? Like, yeah, for the engine. No way. Because they drove the NSX and were like, we need, we need this. 
wow. this sort of engine. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they didn't make it. They, they wouldn't do it. Stupid Honda. <laughs> Honda wouldn't do it. Honda wouldn't do it for some reason. Imagine the legend the legend that would have formed because of that, dude. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. It's like another reason why I love the NSX. Dang, Honda. No. Why Why you not? Why you... <laughs> you, let, you let the Germans get it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Could have the McLaren F1, and it would be serviceable by Bill from the no- local Honda dealer, dude. Yeah, dude, from Fremont <laughs> Honda. Yeah. yeah, imagine that. Well, we talked a lot about Mr. G- Gordon Murray. Mr. Gordon Murray, if you happen to some reason listen to this podcast, we would be more than we would be very obliged. Yes. <laughs> to even that, see your car. Yeah, see your car. Talk to you about your car. Very good. I, I I appreciate your attention to detail on that car. I think I you're think fucking crazy, but you're a genius. And I, have, <laughs> and I have and I have mad respect for people like you. There have been other people like you, and I have respect for them, and I have respect for you. <laughs> I don't think you're crazy. Yeah, because he's also crazy. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> With that, should we go to our break? Yeah. All right, welcome to our break, uh, the part of the show where we basically advertise for ourselves and take a break before we go into the news. A.K.A. whoring ourselves out. (laughs) As always, you can check us out at thecurbsidepodcast.com where there's links to our stuff. You know, if you like the show, share it with all your friends. Tell everyone. Give us a rating on the the podcast places. Do all the things. Y'all watch this with a Doug video. We appreciate it, but like, come on, man. Like, also share that <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> Just because it's Doug, you know, you guys, like, we're still here. Hello? We made Hello? it. Water. Yeah. Like, come on, do something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy for you guys to share this stuff because you can find us on all the social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram at the Curbside Podcast, on Facebook, the Facebook, just type in the Curbside Podcast, um, on Twitter, which is at the Curbside Pod. And YouTube, just curbside we have a YouTube. Pod, no the. Uh, sorry, just I'm taking Andrew's job today, so just filling. First the day on the job. Yeah. yeah also, so. Andrew's not here today. By the way, if you have not noticed, <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't been talking this entire episode. He's like, these guys are going off about this car. I'm bored. I'm <laughs> he, he's not here today. He's hanging out with his family. Uh, he's down in the remember he told you guys last week he's down in SoCal so he's about to come back up so he's hanging out with the family so I'm taking this job so that's why it's the at curbside pod on Twitter correct Jeff yes and you can also find us on YouTube where these guys Jeff and Andrew be posting a lot of stuff they recently posted some stuff of uh, when Jeff was up in NorCal and they did some stuff on uh, his Evo Uh, some Mm -hmm. brake changes and some other stuff some transmission service stuff uh, check it out, yeah. And uh, for that, just in in YouTube, just search up the Curbside Podcast. Yeah, I and did a video of me taking an old MDX off roading. I think you know you guys. Yeah, and that was that. a good video. That was a good video. Yeah, you guys should check it out, man. Like that MDX is basically ready for the Rubicon. And if you guys want to send us an email, send us an email. It's uh, at the Curbs. Sorry, bleh, the Curbside Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, for whatever, if you want to give us a sponsorship, if you just want to say what's up on email, shoot us an email. Uh, with that, shall we go back to the show? Okay. Bye.
Show, which means it's time for the news. News, which is information that is new. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us, man? Mercedes. What the hell? Has revealed the interior for the next S Class. And why? Why does it the, always look so fucking good? Here, here's the here's the new you know headline that they they, they titled it. Meet the S Class Digital Luxury and Well Being Personal Wellness Oasis. Comfortable travel while staying fit. They got is a gym. Like in a, it. Yeah, it's like a Bowflex gym inside. <laughs> is that what it is? It's apparently. <laughs> like okay, but anyway. The interesting thing about the, the S-Class is that it's always been kind of like the forefront of technology in cars, right? Yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. one of the first to have keyless entry, one of the first to have the radar-guided cruise control, all that stuff that you see on normal cars. It, it used to be a rule that whatever technology you see being introduced in the S-Class is something you eventually see in most road-going regular vehicles. Yes. At, like within the next five to ten years. The thing is, though, in the past few years that mantle has of course been taken by tesla and uh i i'd argue that point but we'll continue as a result a lot of these auto companies are copying what tesla is doing and the s-class has sort of fallen into that same trap in that there are screens everywhere everything is touchscreen now here's what i don't like a touchscreen interface is you know, pretty cool when done well. But I hate it when the freaking companies put the AC controls into the touchscreen. No, that's what they did? Yeah. If you look at the picture... Oh. If you find pictures of this online, they have the AC controls in the touchscreen. You, know you know who's doing this? The merge, the togetherness of touchscreen displays and physical buttons the best currently in the industry? Audi, because Audi keeps physical knobs for certain things in the car uh-huh. that are important, such as AC buttons, volume buttons. That that's exactly like things you're always fiddling with while you're yeah. driving. Your AC, this whole climate control thing, where you set it at sixty-eight degrees and it stays, your car stays at sixty-eight degrees. You're fine, just leave it, whatever. That's not true. That doesn't work. It, like you said, at 68 degrees, the fan is blowing in your face. And you're like, no, I got to sit it down. And then it gets too hot. And then whatever, whatever. You're constantly fiddling with that knob. Yeah, I am. 100% all the time. Like, I'm always adjusting 67, 65, 67, 65. And it's easy when you could just kind of reach over and, you know, feel it and then turn it. But now in, in these new fangled new cars, you got to look down at the screen to make sure you're actually tapping the right thing. See, that's stupid, dude. Let, let, let me put it this way. From a beauty standpoint, it's fucking gorgeous. It looks yes. amazing. One screen for all that stuff, a push to start button, four vents. Easy, right? And then, of course, you have your digital dash for the driver for all his information. Speedo, tack, all that stuff. From a, <laughs> a human perspective, a driver, somebody who's you know, going to be piloting this vehicle, mm-hmm. is stupid. Guys. I know everybody likes copying Tesla because it's cool, but you have to realize that the reason why everything is touchscreen on a Tesla is because that's a cost-cutting feature. 
Tesla doesn't have to make their own buttons and stuff for yeah. for their car. But Mercedes, you guys don't need to cost cut. You guys have made you some guys. of the best goddamn buttons in the industry. Yeah. You guys <laughs> don't need to do this. You guys can still put a volume knob and AC control knobs. That's it. That's it. You throw everything else in the touchscreen. Who cares? Here, here's what I'll suggest things. to you, Mercedes. Make the drive up from uh, wherever you are in, in Germany and go talk to Audi because they're doing it right. Uh, more news out of Germany. The 2021 Porsche Panamera has set a record at the Nürburgring. The Nürburgring. So Porsche's coming out with the new Panamera for the next year. Uh, 2021 Panamera is what they're, they're calling it. So it has set the record f- taking the lead in the executive class lap record. What's that? So the executive class record consists of cars such as the Mercedes-Benz S-Class and the BMW 7 Series. Uh, the so time the around big, the ring. Uh, big sedans. Yes, the big elite s- sedans, the saloons, uh-huh. as the Europeans call them. Uh, so the turbo, so, okay, they didn't announce exactly which Porsche Panamera model went around the ring that fast, but mm. people are guessing it's the Turbo S because that's the fastest one they make. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the GTS because the GTS is kind of like the more performance-y version. It's the one that rides a little stiffer, though, but it has less power than the Turbo S because the Turbo S is like the touring version, correct? Yeah. Um, so it's either the Turbo S or the GTS. Car and driver thinks it's the Turbo S. I wouldn't be surprised if the GTS. Yeah. Uh, it lapped a 12.9-mile course in 7 minutes, 29 seconds, and 81 milliseconds with Porsche test driver Lars Kern behind the wheel. So that's fast. It's, it's pretty fast, man. Apparently it went around faster than the Corvette. The new Corvette. The new Corvette, the C8. The C8. It's a four-door... The hatchback, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. The Panamera, we know this, has always been the it's best Porsche. driving. It's, it's Porsche. Porsche. It's best it's driving, Porsche. fastest sedan out there. Like, yeah. I don't think there's one that beats it. But it's not the fastest four-door sedan around Nürburgring. That yeah, still goes to the Jaguar XESV Project 8. You remember that car, Jeff? Yeah, that's a smaller car, though, right? Smaller car, and that one's literally designed for a track. Like, it has four yeah. doors just for insurance purposes, let's say. Yeah, it's like three. <laughs> okay, so so give you a perspective. That's kind of three series, A, 4, C class. C class, theory. exactly, yeah. yeah. This falls into the S class, the 7 series, the big boys. The big boys, exactly, This, yeah. Um, but Porsche has not revealed anything. They haven't revealed any of the horsepower information, uh, any of like the specifics of it. But we'll learn more about this 2021 Porsche Panamera at the end of the month. And starting prices are looking to be around 90000 for the base model. Probably so expect close to 200000 plus for the turbos and turbo S's. Yes. What do you think about the Panamera? I used to hate it. I'm starting to like it more, especially with the new design changes that are coming towards Panamera. That's exactly how I feel. Because I uh, right? like, I think the new Panamera looks pretty dang good. The back end almost looks like a four-door 911. The main reason why I did not like the original Panamera is, yeah, you ever hear those people, you don't like it because you can't afford it. Oh, no, because no, the I, thing I was freaking ugly, <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. The thing was hideous. <laughs> It looked like a it whale. It looked like dude. a whale. Exactly. A Everyone called it a whale. whale. Yeah. Right? It, that, yeah. That's, it, it just looked ugly. Right? The thing is, though, you look at this Panamera, and I'm like, I want a Panamera. 
and, and it makes me think, oh, let's check the used market. Oh, used Panameras, $24,000, Accord money. But that's for that first generation one, the one that that's looks for like that a first whale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang it. <laughs> the new Panameras, uh, since I'd say two years ago, I've been starting to like them more and more yeah. every year. Yeah, uh, I, I like I'm guessing the new one's going to look also pretty good. I'm, I doubt there'll be too much design change. From last year and this year because it's, it's a it's Porsche. Porsche. It's they Porsche. design it once and then never really change it. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> had to do it for the Panamera because it looked such dog shit <laughs> when it first came out. <laughs> but besides that, uh, yeah, it's starting to look a lot better. It's growing on me for sure. More news from Germany. Well, technically England because it's a Bentley, but we all know that Bentley is basically German at this point. Yes. So Bentley has facelifted the Bentayga. What's different? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. What What do you think about the Bentayga in terms of design? Dubai. In terms of design, like how it, how it looks. <laughs> uh, it fits well in Dubai. Yeah, so I, I've always thought it was a hideous car. I look at the face, I get scared. It's I get all scared. weirdly. You get it, scared. It, it, the like the one before, honestly, the Bentayga, really freaky looking car. Yes. They've done something. They've updated the front bumper. They switched the tail lights out instead of square ones to be circle ones to match the other Bentleys more. Um, in terms of interior, I don't think they did much, but I think it looks quite a bit better in my eyes. What? I don't, I don't know why. For me, it looks be- it looks better than it still looks like bit. the Buckingham fucking Palace on wheels to me. Yes. But let me just pull up the old. So this is the old Bentayga. Sc- uh-huh. scary, scary, freaky looking car. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Okay, this is, I don't. I don't. It gives me the chills. Yeah. yeah. So they've kind of updated the headlights. Okay, and kind of I see that. Bottom, All right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, it, it looks, looks a, a little bit more friendly. Looks a little friendly. Yeah. It look. It looks less. <laughs> I see what scary. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying it, with the scary, and I see what you're saying with the less. Or it looks more less scary. <laughs> yeah, it still looks not the greatest, but I think it looks better. And they did a, and then they did a speed version of it, which they blacked out the chrome on the grills and the the, the, the bumper fascia. I think that looks even better. Is this gonna be like the Bentley Continental GT? Maybe that's what <laughs> I was thinking. That's why I wanted to bring this up is because will one day we look at it. And be, and be like, like, I like the ben- Bentley Bentayga. <laughs> right? right? I like it. Uh, I got some uh, more news out of Germany. <laughs> the German <Freaking>. special continues. <laughs> this is the German episode. I guess so. I guess so. BMW dropped a bomb on us earlier this week. Ooh, yes. You saw this on Instagram. On Instagram, they tease something. What BMW tease? teases M3 wagon yes omg so on, the, on the bmw m page i love the caption what mic was the drop. caption mic drop that's right here. it that's it that's all they said that's <laughs> they all teased, they did dude yeah they teased a shadowy picture of what clearly is an m3 wagon wagon and everybody every like literally everybody was like holy shit i bought i, I follow a bunch of like relatively instagram famous like bmw guys they drive Uh, like you know m3s or m2s or whatever they're pretty like you know they have a ton of followers on instagram every single one of them was commenting on this photo (laughs) 
<laughs> and for I and Jeffrey, what did I message you when I saw this thing? I said to you, I don't care what the front grill looks like. I want one. <laughs> right? Did I did I not say that? Yes. They're like this is the best M3 ever. Apparently, that's what I now. said. I did say that. I was like, I will sell my F80 for this. Here's the yeah, sad so fucking news. What? What? It's not coming to America. I'm. Of course it isn't. Oh, BMW a, is smoking some quality fucking Munich shit. Okay? They're, they're smoking some shit out there. You know, at the BMW Welt. Why the shit are you not sending even like 10 to the United States? Because it's not worth it, dude. No one's going to buy them. The Audi RS6 is coming to this fucking country. That's probably going to be... After like three years. That's probably going to be a commercial disaster because no one's going to buy it. But it's because, coming here. Audi because, has the cojones. Welcome to America, part the land of no wagons. None. <laughs> no wagons, wagons at all. Except the Audi buy, RX6. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Volvos. Yeah, we will shoo them out of this country when we get the chance. But, we don't like wagons here. Boy, dude, come on, dude. Imagine, dude, imagine an M3 wagon. And I'm not even going to go over the performance specs because it's the same shit as basically the M3. Thing is, okay, this is the based on the newest M3, right? Which I think by now we know has the, the big old nostrils on the front. Yeah, the front, the front poops, yeah. You know how, as car people, we like to reverse into a parking spot to be like, hey, check it out. No, I'm putting this shit for it in. Yeah, I'm parking <laughs> straight on to the curb, always, face forward. I'll even bring a curtain, cover up the front of the car. I'll just, pay, like, just, just tape it all up and be like, check it out. I'll, I'll cut it in half. I'll cut it in half, buy two, just cut it in half. Out. Yo, buy an F80. <laughs> Buy one of these. Cut the F80 in half. Cut this in half. And tape, glue it to the front. Yes. Tape the F80 front end to this one. There it is. That's there the solution. It is, dude. That's it. That's is the he... perfect M3. We got it. I, did, I was reading the comments on uh, on, on the, the Instagram post. And yeah. somebody was like, oh, man, I wish I didn't just pick up my new F80 M3. And the, the BMW, the official Instagram page, replied to them and said, do not worry. This car is still two years out from release, so you have enough time to enjoy the F80 and then pick yourself up a new wagon, M3. Unless you live in the U.S. Unless you live in the U.S., which I don't understand why these guys are just... <sighs> again, BMW's back at it again, spoiling shit with their money-minded bullshit. I respect yeah. you, Audi, for sending the RS6 to the U.S. for once. Uh, I got another piece of news. From Germany? No! Okay. <laughs> uh, not from Germany for once, actually. This is the Hyperion XP1. It is a 221 mile per hour top speed car with hydrogen fuel cell technology. Ooh, hydrogen powered car. Now, I'm looking at the picture of this car right now. Yes, yes. One thing I would like to say looks like a Bugatti. It looks like it weighs about 70,000 pounds. I said the same thing, except I just said Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one big, fat, heavy car, dude. It, it looks like a Parker, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm guessing that has to do with the hydrogen fuel cell stuff. Yeah, I mean, you have um, to shove in a whole electric power plant in there. Basically. So, the guys at Car and Driver were able to... Uh, interviewed the CEO of Hyperion 
And they asked him about, you know, why they're doing hydrogen fuel cell and what what they see is the future for this. Well, they said, well, he said, that there's enough companies out there that are doing basically electric and battery-powered cars. They Mm. want to offer to the world, basically, another possible alternative in the form of hydrogen fuel cell whose only emission is basically water. And they want to showcase the possibility and the potential of this technology in in the form of a hypercar, basically, right? One of the big things about uh, hydrogen fuel cell cars is they, they, they could be dangerous because, you know, it's kind of like basically a hydrogen bomb in your car. Yes. So the CEO of the company says that, do not worry about that. Their hydrogen fuel cell tank is very robust and is able to uh, withstand a lot of impact as well as a direct shot from a high caliber rifle. So they've shot the fuel cell of their car with a high caliber <laughs> rifle. <laughs> that must have been a fun day of testing at a Hyperion. <laughs> the Hyperion quotes that the XP1's curb weight at less than 2,275 pounds. No way, dude. So you're It does about, not. It looks like it weighs five tons. There's some cars out there that look heavier than they're supposed to. There's some cars that look lighter than they're supposed to. This is that has other... to mean that this car is made out of, like, styrofoam or something. Well, I'm guessing it. it's a shit ton of carbon fiber because this is the company's first offering. And they're only making 300 versions of these cars. This is guaranteed to be a couple milli for sure. How? What's the range on it? A thousand miles. A thousand miles. And, Can you imagine and... that? Fill, filling up your hypercar. And driving across the country <laughs> right? on one tank. Uh, and also Hyperion wants to imitate Tesla in a way where they want to make their own network of hydrogen fuel fueling stations. And the production is going into production in 2022. So cool. new, new uh, alternative fuel hypercar in the market coming out soon. 300 of them. Guess there's lots to look forward to in terms of cars we can't afford in the future. Yes. Uh, that's going to be our show for this week. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us at thecurbsidepodcast.com. Please uh, rate our podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher. Yeah. Tune in anywhere you could find it. Please rate it. Share it with your friends. Share it enough. Maybe one day we will be able to buy a Hyperion or a Murray. No, and rating, really. if you guys enjoy the fo- podcast, man, just give us a five stars. Rate us. You love us. And that rating really helps us reach to more audiences. Yes, we would appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Please do that. And thank you in advance if you do. And also, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, subscribe there. Ring the bell. And uh, you'll get some hopefully fun content as you, I don't know, whatever you do, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and thank you to Kid Dope for the intro and outro to our show, Fast Cars and Wild Arts. And as always, my name is Jeff. I'm Parth. Remember, drive safe, and life is too short to drive boring cars. Peace. Outside. Outside.